Shavua Tov, Rabotai. Gutavach, Mishnayomi is continuing in Shabbat in the sixth parak, Mishnah Dalits, about items that people cannot go out with into the Shutarabim, to the public domain on Shabbos. Lo Yetzeh a man may not go out, Lo Besaif, not holding a sword, Lo Bekeshet, or a bow, Lo Betris, Lo Beola, Lo Beromach, not with a tris, is apparently a triangular shield. An ola could be a circular shield, and some people explain it as sort of a club with a big head or a mace, something of this nature, and not with a romach. A romach is a spear. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer holds tachshitin henlo. These weapons are actually considered ornamental or decorations. Now, that might sound a little strange, but we can understand that a man might have a sword or a weapon on his belt as a sign of, uh, you know, a sign of of power or a sign of uh, capability. The U.S. Marines still have a sword in their dress uniform, not the one they go to war in, the the one they do fancy parades in. So you understand it it has some sort of ornamental value as well. No, it's not decoration. It's actually something that's more genai, like like shameful, like not a gishmaka thing. To need to have. Shinemar, Bechitatu, Harvotam Leitim, they will famously remodel their swords into plowshares or plow blades, Vachanitotehim, and their spears, Lamazmerot, to, for Zmirot is like pruning, um, pruning tools for, for Zamer. Zmira is pruning. We talked about in, in, um, in the Mishnah and Shvius about pruning on uh, the sabbatical year. Uh, the past continues, a nation will not start up with a nation, and they will not learn anymore to prepare for war. They won't train for war anymore. So you see, in the future, at least, according to the Navi, then weapons will not be needed. It's really interesting, this word hanit is another form of spear, and it's actually mentioned in the Daf Yomi from Shabbos' Daf, in the Darim uh, Lamed Ches, in the Darim 38, they say that Hashem throws chitzim, the, the chaniot, and spears at the sun and the moon. It's very mystical, it's very Kabbalistic, none of it's literal, but it's it's interesting. So we have a romach as a spear and a chanit as a spear. There's actually different kinds of spears. There's offensive and defensive spears. The Romans had a lot of different kinds of spears. Chanit is also the name of an Israeli warship that was uh, struck by a missile in 2006. So chanit is still in service in the uh, Israeli Navy. Anyway, the Bart Nura here says... If weapons are really decorations, then in the future, they wouldn't have to beat the swords into plowshares and, uh, you know, not have swords anymore. They would just keep the swords around as a decoration. So you see that they're not really a decoration, that it's like the sages say. Anyway, the mission continues. Birit. A birit is a garter to hold up your socks or your stockings. Tahura. It's considered tahor. It's not considered a kli. Because it's really, it's really to hold up your socks. It's not, I mean, your socks are a clee because you use them to protect your feet. But this garter, this, this birit, is really to hold up the socks. So it's a clee that serves a clee, not a clee that directly serves people. So it's tahor, it does not be mekabotuma. V'yotzin ba And you can go out with it on Shabbos because you're not going to take it off to show people because then your, your socks, your stockings fall down and no one wants that on Shabbos. Kivolim. Now, kavolim is kind of like a, a chain. The Bartner says something really interesting here. He says there was a certain family that apparently had long legs in Yerushalayim. They took long steps. As a result, the girls of the family, 
they lost their betulim. So this reminds us of the first parak of Kesuvos, when there was a discussion about that, about uh, women and their besulim and making, making claims. So this family had such a claim because they all took long steps. They had long legs. So they came up with a system where they would wear some sort of a chain, like, like handcuffs, but for the legs to make sure they, they could still walk, of course, but to make sure their steps were not too long. So that was this kivolim. So tameim, this is tameim because it's a kli that serves people. And you can't go out with it on Shabbos because the chain apparently they would make out of gold. So this was a very rich family with long legs. So they had these chains made out of gold for their legs as sort of a medical uh, necessity to help them with that condition. And they might uh, show people the gold chain and say, hey, here, take a look at this. Isn't this cool? Isn't this neat? Something new? Don't see that every day. And so they might take it off and show their friend Rishis Rabbi, so they can't wear it out on Shabbos. On to Mishnah Hay. Yotza Isha, a woman may go out, Bechute Seyar, with threads of hair, Bein Mishala, whether that's her own hair, Bein Mishal Chaverta, or her friend's hair, as in another woman's hair, Bein Mishal Bahamer, even animal hair. The Barnard says she braids these into her own hair to make it look like she has more hair, or they're, they're fastened tight, so they are become sort of part of her hair. So you might recall from Mishnah Aleph in this parak, we said she can't go out with strings in her hair, strings of linen or wool or straps or something in her hair, because that's also a chatzitza for the mikvah. So she might be tovelis in the mikvah, and then she has to untie everything first, take all these strings out first, and then carry them home. So it's not a problem here, Bartner explains, because the hair does not block the mikvah water. So even if she has another woman's hair braided into her own hair, as long as it's not too tight, as long as it's not knotted, Apparently, she'd be brushing it out before and, you know, figuring it out how it's not going to be knotted. Then it would not be a chatzitza, it would not be a problem in mikvah, so we're not worried she's going to carry it home. And the mission continues, Uvatotefet, and the headband, Uvasanbutin, and the dangly bangles that come off the headband to decorate that. We saw earlier, if they're not sewn on, Tafurin is sewn on, then she can't go out with it because they're removable and she could take off the decorations and show people. Bekovul peyanochrit lechatzer. She would go out with uh, the kavul is like a head cap that she would wear under the shaitel, under her hat. Or peyanochrit is literally a, a shaitel. It means like a foreign peya, like foreign hair. And these she can take out to the chatzer. So we might recall that houses opened into a chatzer, a courtyard, and a number of houses would share the same courtyard. They'd make an Arabs so they could all carry there together. And then a number of courtyards would open up to a mavui, and the mavui would open up to the public street. So the sages allowed certain... Certain items like these that are sort of basic, you know, you want to look dignified and normal to go out into the chatzer, but not necessarily into the public domain itself. Mission continues, If she put some, some cotton ball or some sort of wadding into her ear, so, you know, to catch some schmutz. By the way, don't, don't ever put anything in your ear. I, I'm not a doctor myself, but I've heard from a doctor in ear, nose, throat years ago that just don't ever stick anything in your ear because it, it never leads to good things. Vemochshebesandala, or a pad on her sandal for a blister or the like to make her sandal comfortable. Vemochshebkinulindoso, or the moch, the absorbent uh, wadding or padding or pad for her nida, for her monthly cycle. Bepilpel, uvegorgirmelach, vekodavosh, titanatachpio, or anything in her mouth. So if she had like a peppercorn or some, some, some salt, or some zangvil, some ginger in her mouth. And this was sort of used for toothaches, or to be counteract bad breath. If she had it in her mouth, that was mutter to walk around with. As long as she didn't put it in originally on Shabbat. And if this 
this pepper or whatever it is fell out of her mouth, she can't put it back. The issue is it looks like practicing medicine on Shabbat. So putting the thing into the mouth to relieve the toothache or some sort of medical condition in the mouth looks like practicing medicine, which we don't do on Shabbat, which we're going to see later is a gezerah because they would grind herbs typically to make medicines. Nowadays, if you're supposed to take a medicine on Shabbat, ask your posek because we do frequently, uh, their posek will probably tell you, you know, how to do that correctly. Shen totevit, a false tooth, v'shen shelzahav, or a tooth of gold. So these are artificial teeth. Rebbe Mati, Rebbe allows her to go into Shizrabim, or a man for that also would be allowed to go into Shizrabim with his tooth. Chamim Oishim, and the sages say, you're not allowed to take it into the tooth, out into the public, the Rishut Rabim Mamish. And the issue here is that if it's not a Gishmaka tooth, uh, people might make fun of this person for having, you know, not very good uh, teeth. And they might take it out of an embarrassment. Maybe it's better to have no teeth showing than, than not very nice teeth. Or if it's gold and it's very fancy, maybe she'll take it out and show somebody who's just rubbing. So it uh, it's, uh, has the potential to lead to a problem. So the sages do not allow it.